This is episode 54 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. Just Google AWX Bloomberg and you'll see what a pump and dump in 2018 was like. And Steven Johnson. We're going to talk about this big time. Big time. Today, Tim and Steven walk you through part four of Tim Sykes' 14-part free trader checklist video series. And we finally settle the age-old question, does Tim Bowen ever wear flip-flops? Let's just jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. Sometimes I can't believe I'm still here and I've got a job. It blows me mind. But I'm privileged to be with Tim Bowen and a secret man in the background who listens to everything we say. We're reviewing the Steady Trade it's called Trader Checklist, and this is this is the fourth episode of this series. But you still don't remember what we're doing. So I think we should come and just carry on. Is that okay? Uh, is keep it, going, is that... keep going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Hey, it's raw, it's steady trade, man. This happens all the time. This happens all the time. I make mistakes in tempo and covers. And and, as, and to all the listeners. As much as you think it happens, it happens twice as much. So. It happens even more. And when I'm, when I'm normally drunk, I'm better because I'm like less focused with less thoughts in my head. And then you made us go sober and things are going wrong. This is a big <laughs> mistake. It's your fault that I'm messing up. But uh, it's steady trade. It's part four. It's review and trader checklist. Tim Sykes' free DVD to the public where he teaches you to, to look at a number of different variables and based on these variables, add up a score to a numerical value that grades a stock. If you're listening to it on iTunes, thank you for being an iTunes subscriber. Check it out on YouTube as well because you'll actually see the accompanying charts and clips. And it's all for free. Yeah, great, great point. Because we are bringing up a lot of slides and charts. So love slides. the iTunes listeners. But yeah, check out SteadyTrade.com. Or go to YouTube, go to our steady trade, and then you then you could you could see the uh, you know the charts we are discussing. So let's get started, producer. First let's, clip. Let's get started. Frankly, I'm also a little bit favoring of short selling, um, just because I've had so much experience and I've seen so much crazy stuff over the years. Here's one of my favorite stories: uh, making thirty thousand dollars in one day from a rest stop in Molly Pitcher, New Jersey. This was. Before Profitly was built, I was actually driving down from New York down to Florida. So I had just gotten started with my road trip, and I was short big uh, this blatant pump WLOC. You know, the stock was up over the course of November, December. This was 2011. Um, and it was up nicely, or 2010 actually. Um, it was up nicely from 25 to 70 cents, but then it kind of hit this wall. Um, and it dropped from 70 and it had a little bounce and the whole thing was, could it crack 60 cents? Remember in the last video, I was talking about how, you know, sometimes you have these breakouts that break out all the way and then they come right back to the breakout level. And then it's a question, can it, you know, continue to break out? Can it be a confirmed breakout? And in the examples I showed, that's true. In this case, it broke down, bounced a little. And then the question is, can it break this key 60 cent a share level? Um, you can't short right when this is dropping. You can't wait for this to crack. Sometimes with shorting, as you'll learn, uh, you need to reserve the shares ahead of time. And when it starts cracking, it really cracks. Um, here's another intraday example of how it dropped from 60. I guess you could have gotten 
a little short off here at 50 cents, but this was intraday. Uh, there's morning spikes and there's morning panics, and there's no news on this stock when it drops 50% on the day, um, but it was awesome, and I, I absolutely banked on it. couple of good points there, but the first thing I just want to say is how effing amazing is it to make money in random places? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'll never forget, right? I was... I was on a plane to Slovakia because I had an Eastern European girlfriend who I love dearly. We're not together anymore. It's very sad. But I'm over it. Don't worry. I'm over it. It's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm over it. But I flew to Slovakia just to check out a, a little known city called Bratislava. And I made 300 bucks on the way there and 500 bucks on the way back. It paid for me trip because it was a super cheap country. And I was like, I am living the dream. But, so what, for you, what was, your, what was your number one spot? Ooh, geez. I mean, spot for making money. Like, like for like random versus home. Um, a lot of most like hotels, you know, I never, I don't have like a rest stop story like Tim has. I don't have an, I've never, I've never traded on a plane because I'm always too scared that the freaking Wi-Fi will go out. So, I mean, I've, um, I've done well in, in a lot of hotels, but I don't have anything cooler than just I mean, a random hotel room. I, I so. mean, I'll just stop you there and I'll say, if you're scared to wear flip-flops in the airport, you're definitely scared, you're definitely scared to trade on the plane. <laughs> to, trust, to trust money on freaking terrible was, airport wife. I'm, it's 2018. I'm surprised you even on a plane. I'm surprised you even on a plane. How did they get you on a plane? Well, so <laughs> I, I fly... Attack, attack. Great point. But again, when you think about the risk management, I mean, flying is very, very <laughs> safe. It, it's probably safer than driving a car. And when you talk, and when you they do not. <laughs> so you hang on a sec. So you've never been, you've never been attacked ever, never. But, but you won't wear flip flops. Correct. But we've seen countless planes go down almost every month, and you just get straight on them. You just raid those. Yeah, but that's – see, that's uh, – I think that would – is that a red herring or a straw man? Which, I mean, what, what are the statistics of number of people that get beat up because they can't they, – they fall down running away in their oh. flip-flops? I mean, you don't have numbers on that. There's, and there's it's, a, it's, not a, it's not interesting. Because it never happens. Remember – None of us are that because it doesn't happen. But like, there's numbers like, on plane crashes because they happen every month. Yeah, every month. The, <laughs> think about the, the couple of the two biggest killers are obesity and smoking. I mean, who talks about obesity? Nobody talks about it, but it kills way more people than plane crashes. But plane crashes get on the news, so it sticks in your brain, which then forms a cognitive bias, which is something you should always avoid as a trader. Never get biased in any position. Always trade what you see. Don't let others, chat rooms, Twitter, whatever, taint your thinking like Steven is being tainted by the media that goes nuts over an occasional plane crash versus you know car accidents. You know, look at car accidents. What is there? You shouldn't, you shouldn't be driving a car. In, in Michigan, there's 40,000 car deer accidents a year. People hit 40,000 deer a year. That's you know way more than do? plane crashes. You know what you should do? Well, I try and kill as many deer as I can. That's what I do. <laughs> do you want a better idea of what you should do after stocks to trade? If you ever stop, you probably won't, but you know what you should do? Sure. Lay down. I'm, I'm, I'm giving this away to the internet. It's a free entrepreneur idea. Instead of flip-flops that you can't run in, rip, rip-rops, run in flip-flops. 
It's probably like Crocs. They're just as bad. <laughs> Solves the problem. Flip flops that you can run in. <laughs> rip, rip rops. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's called shoes. <laughs> no, you've got the, got the air conditioning toes, but you can run in them. But the one thing I liked about that pump uh, is... Which just, let, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you finish. Which that was a real pump. Jump back at that chart. And you'll see what we talked about last episode. Notice it's green every day for like 60 days. That's a pump. But the thing is, though, like Tim was saying, you can't get the shares when, the, when it's on its way down. So you've got to kind of buy strength. And as a general rule, you should short strength and in, in cover into weakness. And when you're going longs, often, well, longs a bit different. Long, you, you do buy strength sometimes. But when you're shorting, I never really Well, depending weakness. on the market. Yeah. Not yeah. very often. Uh, but if you look at that chart, uh, if we pull it back, Basically, you've got this big run-up, and then you've got the dip, and then when it bounces, you don't know if it's going to go higher or not. You don't know what the promoters are going to do. So it's a probability game where you've got to basically short that, that next green day after the bounce on the 24th of February, and you're thinking, well, I'll tell you what, I'm shorting at 68, 69 cents. If it breaks 71, 72, then I'm out, but it's got the potential to go down to 30. So the risk-reward is like 30 to 1 or 40 to 1 or whatever it is. But I just want to make the point that often you don't, you don't know. Like, I mean, you can try and short the red day. You can try and short the first red day. I don't know if you're going to get shares, though. Do you know what I mean? The, the that's that's one of the day. ultimate dilemmas with, with shorting low-price stocks is when it's, when it's the obvious play, all the shares are gone. You know, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, and we talk about shorting a lot, and we'll talk about it more in the future. But just remember, you can buy any stock. You, know, you can buy anything. It could be the sketchiest, shadiest thing, or it could be Apple, it could be Google, it could be, you know, General Electric. You can buy anything, but you can't short everything. And it can be especially low-priced and especially the most obvious short setups all because all the shares are gone. And then, and then what I don't like about it, and this is one of the things that makes me rage – Along, uh, with, well, along with flip-flops, well, flip-flops. <laughs> is, is you'll, you'll watch, you'll stalk these things for days or weeks. And then, like you said, they break support. And all of a sudden, in like last week, there might have been borrows. And then you go to short it this week and there's no borrows. And you're like, man, I just wasted a week watching watch this stock when I could have been trading other stuff. Do you know what's worse? You know, it's worse than wasting a week watching it. Shorting it all the way up. That's probably worse. I mean, I don't know anyone who does it. I mean, I don't know anyone who does it, but it's pretty bad being early on a short. Uh, next clip. Um, I don't like trading tickers with a Q at the end. A Q means that the, the company is bankrupt. And, you know, with bankrupt companies, technically, fundamentally, they're worthless. But you sometimes get these hedge funds that pick up assets for cheap. And the stock can spike, and there's rumors that, you know, there's going to be uh, an acquisition and bankruptcy. I-, I never really know how to trade it. So, basically, I agree with Tim. Now, what you will find with, with the Qs, they're called, and um, a good resource is Google five-digit tickers. Um, you'll get like an Investopedia article, which is a, Investopedia is a great free resource and you'll see what all these five digit tickers mean. And the Qs are what we call them. Um, they tend to run as a sector. 
even though these bankrupt stocks may be in completely different industries, you might have like an airline and a biotech and a technology company, but depending on the, now it doesn't happen every year, but depending on the time, these cues will get active. Normally when it's, it's during slow times when there's like nothing interesting, like when there's no Bitcoin stocks, there's no marijuana stocks, there's no cloud companies, you'll see the cues tend to light up. Now, I have traded them. I have not done particularly well on them. And why do I think I haven't? Because of exactly what I just said. It was a slow time, wasn't a particularly great time for volatility, and everybody gets bored of staring at their monitors, and they're like, hey, let's trade some bankrupt stocks. So if you're new, I would, I would, I would tend to just keep those off your list. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything to say because I don't know that much about the sector. But I mean, do you know what, Tim? That's okay. It's okay not to know about everything. I mean, I already messed up the ending anyway, so. No, no, that, that's actually a very okay. good point. Um, especially, especially in day trading junk stocks, you don't need to be a rocket science man or a rocket scientist. Yeah. So. You just need to know one thing. More importantly, you need to stick to your effing plan. Yep. That's the most important thing. If you can stick to the plan, that's bloody great. Next clip. And just to give you an idea of how bad I am as a trader sometimes, I believe I was short right here at $2.70. I think I shorted, I want to say, 35,000 shares. Um, so if I had just held the 35,000 shares, I mean, it drops a um from my, my short or $1.40. So theoretically... If I was a great trader, I could make 50 grand. As it turned out, I vaguely remember shorting 35,000 shares at 270 and getting all excited and covering them at like 250. Or maybe I was short at 250 and covering at 230. But I made 20 cents a share, if I remember correctly on this. So if you ever think, oh my God, Sykes is such a genius, he's such a good trader, I have so many trades to disprove that. It is scary. And my critics like to point that out, saying, oh, Sykes not a great trader. I admit it. I admit it, okay? This is why I'm not running a billion-dollar hedge fund. I am not a great trader. That doesn't mean that the patterns don't work, that the lessons don't work, and that it's not going to help you. And guess what? Uh, what I found is that actually my being a not-so-great trader means that I am kind of like you. So the $4.4 million that I've made now over the years can be made by someone like you. It's funny because I see HHWW and I, I literally, I was sad there. I mean, those, I mean, you guys hear me as the crusty old dinosaur talk about the good old days. I mean... HHWW dropping 70% intraday. I mean, you want to know why I'm a jaded short seller now? When was the last time you saw something drop 70% intraday? I mean, those were the good old days. I actually like, it, I got like melancholy, like actually sad there for a second because I'm like, I remember HHWW. I shorted that stock too. And damn. Oh, stop it, Tim. You, you're going to end up swinging as long, and I just can't. I just can't. Well, it'll, 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 remember, the market's always circular. It'll come back. So. Oh, and if it, when it does, I'll be excited. But there's two things that stuck out for me on that, on that trade. And, and uh, I don't know if you want to scroll back. Maybe we can scroll back. But 
I mean, there's one thing, uh, the, it, there's the famous saying, and it's that um, amateur traders always take profits too early. And Tim Sex is an amateur trader. He's a very good trader. One of the, in my opinion, one of the best traders. Uh, he's been a little bit self-deprecating there. I think he's one of the best. But it, it's a common theme that uh, average traders or beginner traders take the profits too early and they let the, lo- they let the losses run too far. And uh, John Wilson, John Wilson will be happy that I gave him a shout out. I'm sure he was on Twitter saying, check out this profit and this profit. And I was like, dude, you're taking two and 3%. I'm like, really, really, really. I know it's difficult and I know you're used to losing, but let your, runner, let your winners run as much and as that's, you, you know, in, in, It's part of the game though. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. But, you know, where that comes from is, and it's part of the process, you know, I guess I, I again, 100% agree with your point. But it's like, I know a lot of guys, it's like, you know, you're in the beginning, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing that, that, that's part of the game. Yeah. You, you know, confidence you, boost. yeah. And then, and then you see a little bit of green, it could be eight bucks. It could be yeah. 12 bucks. It could be 50 bucks. And you're like, get me out. But that's when you don't want, you know, that's, that's the last time you get out yeah. because now you finally it's got confirmed. one, right. <laughs> confirmed. Yeah. And, and the other thing there is even though this is a slightly different market. I mean, a lot of people are like, you should never show weakness. You should never show weakness. Why are you short and support? Why are you short and support? But like the one time that I think you can short support is <laughs> if the volume is dead and it is ready to fall off a cliff, <laughs> then, then, then take a short. Like, and obviously you've got to have a tight risk because if it picks up, everyone else is short and it's going to boom. But I think it's fine to take a short in that position. And, and it's, the, it's the short that Tim took. Now, the one point I will make and, and, uh, that, that is all kind of against what we just talked about. The one thing when you're trading the most volatile of volatile stocks, whether it be HHWW a couple of years ago, whether it be AWX, you know, AWX, I, you know, we were, some of us were trading it in the fours and it went to like 35, two days later. I can tell you this in the most volatile of volatile stocks, you can also never be out too early. You know, you know, these things long and short, if you're going to trade something like AWX that went from a dollar to 35 back to three in like four days, (laughs) you you can also never be out too early too. If you, if you're, if you're up a couple hundred bucks and you get out with a small account, that's not a bad thing either. So, and this is what I like about this podcast. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a conversation-based learning where you learn what not to do from my mistakes and I learn <laughs> from what to do from your, your profits. Next clip. Here's another example, CLRH. I bring this one up because this is a few years old now. But for two weeks, they sent out promotional mailers. And the stock went one. from $1 to $1.75. And then in just four days, it goes from $1.75 down to $0.25. Cents. And if you do a blog search – uh, a Google search for CLRH in my name, you will find blog posts of me warning that this was going to uh, crash. They were based out of a honey baked ham store. The promotional mailer. <laughs> Wait, you got to read this. This is, th- these stories are ridiculous. CLRH Timothy Sykes. You're going to laugh when you see this, or maybe you, maybe you will, if you understand what this is. Ah, here we go. The real reason this penny stock collapsed 88% in four days. This is from 2010. Um, somebody posted on Yahoo message boards 
as a and they say that this is from investor relations. I have no idea if this is true or not, but it would make perfect sense. As a public company, our, our stock price is subjected to fluctuations. April 20th marked the year anniversary of the company going public via reverse merger, and this enabled original shareholders restricted stock to begin to diversify their portfolios by selling a portion of their shares. This is not selling a portion of their shares. <laughs> this is a freaking fire sale. So Courtney Smith was hired by insiders to send out a promotional mailer saying how great this company is. And then when their restricted shares finally became unrestricted, and we'll go over that in a little bit, the insiders dumped as much as they could, and it happened all in four days. Welcome to Penny Stocklands. Welcome to Pumpin' Decks. I just, yeah, you, I, I, I think know. the producer intentionally picked these clips to just make me sad, man. It's a sad I remember day. CLRH, man. We just, and we. It's a sad day. It's a sad day for you. It's like when that girl broke up with you. <laughs> we're not going to go back there though. <laughs> but man, it's, it's it, it, and it's wild how we can, you know. I remember, I remember we went over this at one of the previous penny stocking conferences, which. Uh, which is coming up in October of, of 2018. And actually um, that was, I remember when we went over CLR, CLRH was back in the day again, when, when they were much smaller events, uh, much like the, the Tim Sykes inner circle. Now um, I remember that one. It was at the MGM signature. We were in like a, I don't know, there might've been 15 or 20 of us in there and we broke down this stock and it like collapsed like the next day or two later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes me miss the days of the old uh, of the true pump and dumps, and uh, and again, Google Tim Sykes Inner Circle. It's pretty cool. It makes makes me think back to that when it was just you know we do them now. I help out with a lot of them, and there's like ten or twelve people there. So uh, I forgot two points. I think I forgot the second one. The first point is when we'll have these conversations and we'll have these blasts from the past. It makes us think that you've know quite a lot of stuff from a long time and I should probably listen to you more. <laughs> I'm like, I probably should have took them, should, probably should have took things more seriously when you've told us stuff because <laughs> you've been around loads of years. I may be old, slow, and dangerous behind I, the wheel, but I do have uses, yes. So. No, but the crazy thing is I'm like, ah, ah, I'm like, ah, I probably know a show on this bit better than Tim. I don't think I know it better, but I'm like, this isn't Tim's style. Uh, I probably know it better. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, Tim doesn't show it at the open. Uh, I probably know it better. Because he doesn't do it. So how would he know better if he doesn't do it? But the I thing used is, to do it all the time. <laughs> I probably used to do it and got burnt as shit. And you're like, why, and you're like, why are you showing out the open, Stephen? You're like, I've been through this phase. Why are you still doing it? And I'm like, ah, Tim doesn't do it. You know what I mean, though? And, it, and I'm starting to think I've made a mistake. I'm starting to think I should have listened to you more. Hey, we're, hey, we're, look, look at it this way. We're, we're only just about to celebrate our one year anniversary. So it's only, it's only a year, yeah. you know. Jim, Jim, I'm only learning now that I should have listened to you. <laughs> it's a bit of a bad thing. Uh, what was the second thing that I was thinking about? It escaped me mind. Yeah, the second thing was um, companies still do pump and dumps. Don't think that companies don't pump and dump stocks. It still happens. Correct. Correct. But it just happens in a different way. So like stocks, stocks get really manipulated with a lot of inflated news, although not inflate the news and they'll just trap people and, 
and trap yeah, the shots uh, in, and they'll, they'll put their own money behind it. A great. We'll we'll go. We'll we'll jump to the next clip. But again, a yeah. as much as I get melancholy about CLRH, Google AWX Bloomberg. Yeah, okay. okay, there's no a great it. article. It's a free article on Bloomberg. Just Google AWX Bloomberg, and you'll see what a pump and up in 2018 looks like. Okay. Yeah, next article. We're going to talk about this big time. Big time. I don't mind selling too soon. I lock in those profits. And then I held some, and I sold some even higher. But my own personal schedule, my own personal cowardice, whatever you want to call it, I want to pass it down to you. I want to teach a whole generation of coward traders. Seriously, that is my, my hope because it's the coward traders and it's the cowardly reactions that will save you in this volatile, volatile industry. Remember, we are trading the single craziest stocks in the entire stock market. And I know it feels good to nail it and to you know be gutsy, but guess what? I know too many traders who have lost big. They've lost everything. They have heart attacks. They have stress levels that you don't want to see. So I'm telling you to trade cowards. One one of the, you know, uh, long, long running Tim Sykes quotes, metaphors, analogies, whatever you want to call it, is the classic trading like a castrated choir boy. Um, And I mean, you know, it is, I mean, it, it, I touched on it a few minutes ago when I talked about you can never be out too early. I mean, if you're going to trade Apple, okay, you can be patient. You're going to trade Google, you know, Facebook. Facebook's down big the last week or so. You can get a little patient with that. I mean, I mean, come on. Facebook isn't going anywhere. But if you're trading the sketchy, volatile stocks that we love, we love them. I mean, Facebook isn't going to go up 300% in a day we can get a sketchy penny stock that goes up 300% in a day. But you have, you cannot be bold. You cannot be like, you know, oh, I know, I know this is going up. I know this is going down. You have to be scared. You have to be, you know, you know, fearful. Cowardly is the type, the term Sykes uses. Because if you're not, if you think that, oh, this stock has to come down because I'm short. Good luck, buddy. You know, enjoy the poor house. Uh, Tim, uh, um, I'm going to say something here and it's going to be a little bit poignant and it's going to be very profound. Pretty poignant. And I'm going to say something pretty profound. Okay. By the way, Steven, your voice sounds incredible. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Does it really? It sounds great. Does it really? The, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the yeah. listeners would like to know about the 45 minutes we've spent today dealing with your microphone. But as of right now, you sound amazing. Really? You sound amazing. Yes. Oh, baby. Well, I, th- I thought if it might have been the five days without drinking that I've gone, which I'm incredibly desperate to have a beer. Uh, but uh, the secret is it's just I'm um, talking in the microphone the correct way. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Baby, groovy, baby. So give me, give me your poignancy and your pugnaciousness. It's not pugnacious. Along with the profoundness. Profound. It's profound. It's poignant and it's profound. It's profound. But the profound thing is there's a lot of marketeers out there in the trading world. There's a lot of 
There's a lot of furus and gurus, and I'll never mention any names. But a lot of the furus and gurus make a lot of money in the in the trade different strategies and styles. And Tim Sykes used to always say, I used to try and teach people strategies and styles, but uh, I realized that you need to go on your own path. And what I'll do is I'll give you all of the resources and I'll give you loads of different styles, but ultimately you need to go on your own path. And I came to this revelation and I emailed him about it the other day and I said, I realize now what you do is you teach the safest way to trade and you show all of the different market situations and circumstances based on the history. And then you let the person go on their own path based on the most safest principles and practices. And then people will learn more risky strategies to make money on their own, but they've gone through the process. So then it's comfortable for them and they'll, and they'll, make, they'll not really make the mistakes. But if you dive into some competitor who's teaching you a risky strategy that they make a lot of money on, you're not going to get it. You're just going to blow up accounts. Yeah, I think that's one of the great advantages of Tim right? Sykes Tim Sykes challenge. I just um, said something great, right? Yes, yes. And you yeah. had that relief when you're like, oh, you get it. <laughs> you're like, oh, you get it. <laughs> yeah, part of the Sykes challenge is, you know, you get to see it's it's not just old, you know, it's not a it's not a static which again, trader checklist is awesome and it's free. It's a great resource, but it's static. I mean, it's it's the same as it was 2 years ago. The beauty of the millionaire challenge is every day You've got those live webinars. And like you said, he's teaching you good habits. I mean, again, we, we talk about my random personal Twitter feed, you know, at T Bowen, and it drives me nuts. These guys and, and maybe gals, I don't know, that, that are teaching people that have never traded before or they've made one trade and they're like day one shorting something like AWX, a stock that's gone from, you know, that's up 400% on the day. It's a low float stock. It's, it's, it's manipulated all these things. And you're teaching somebody that's never traded before to short sell this thing with potentially unlimited losses. Oh, even if you, even it gets my, it gets, we talk about year or two. doesn't matter. Like, I, I agree. Yeah. But I, I don't think that process should be, I don't, I don't know if it can be taught. I think, I think it's so, the market's so volatile. It's so many, point. So, yeah. so risky. You need to learn that advanced stuff almost on, through your own process of self-discovery. Little, 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 but after you've been here and there, here and there, and here and there. good habits. Yeah. 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 And after you've had good habits, but but what, the one thing that I like, cause that's where I kind of fell off track a lot. I was just like, yeah, I'm good now. I can short low floats and I see ducks or whoever else shorten these really low floats. So he's making the big money so I can do it, but it's just not the case. Like you've got to, you've got to find your own way and not be moved by other people and start with the really good habits, make the money and then think, I'll tell you what, I'll short a 9 million float and I'll see how it moves. And then, and then think I'll short an 8 million float. And then if you can get to the three or 4 million floats, then good for you but you should never start there. You should never, start, mm-hmm. never ever start yeah. there. <laughs> totally, totally, totally agree. Your, your, your first 10 trades, your first 50 trades should not be shorting a 400% runner. Nah, and if you're just starting out and something's trading 10 million, I just wouldn't even touch it. Just yep. start slow and get used to the volatility. But okay, we've had, a, we've had a profound moment there, haven't we? I told you it was profound. It was. I told you it was, it was. I told you it was profound. All right, uh, next clip. Let's not save other moment, but it was a nice one. Let me tell you about another perfect trade that worked out. This was uh, on Below Deck, uh, season two. 
Uh, I brought six of my uh, child students. Um, it was a fantastic, fantastic trip aboard this $12 million yacht. Is, is, you, and it turned out to be free, right? not just for my students, because I was planning on paying for it, <laughs> but also free for me, because I, I made a big trade that paid for everything, <laughs> even though they didn't show the trade the on TV. Uh, I highly encourage you to watch that episode of Below Deck. I come off That's like a douchebag. They edited it, and I am so happy in so many scenes, and you wonder why I'm so happy. You're like, who? what kind of guy walks around like this so happy? I was happy because I was in this trade that made me 70 grand. Uh, so it doesn't really make sense the way that they framed it, but you know, I'm trading penny stocks. I made people wear shirts that say timothysykes.com. I don't blame them for making me look like a douchebag. Maybe producer, I am a douchebag. But it. what you can learn from this douchebag I think matters. Just real quick, notice it took a long time to get there, but notice we're wearing steady trade shirts in that in that clip. Yeah. Me and Ivan. Yeah. So so anyway, go ahead and collect play. It's but I just want to say it's like they knew that I was gonna be on the show before even I knew how to trade. I still don't know how to trade, but but carry, carry on. <laughs> Stock that really spiked it. Uh, 3D printed exoskeleton helps this paralyzed skier walk again. And they take a picture of this paralyzed skier, I think. You know, this is uh, at the Vatican. So it's like, you know, the, the prayers have been answered. This new kind of like backpack looking thing uh, can help make people walk again. I mean, this is, this is news that has legs, no pun intended. Um, and this is, this is the stock spike um, that I was buying. You know, I thought I was chasing it a little bit here in the fives. You know, really the breakout was above the recent range in the mid threes, but it was a bull market and the news was huge and probably the best excuse for me to buy it and load up uh, in the fives was that this was for a TV show. That's why I bring up the fact that we're on below deck, not to make you want to watch an episode where I look like a douchebag, but because I was on this TV show and I'm trading because I know I'm going to be on this TV show. I have cameras in my face as I'm doing this trade and I wanted to bet big because I thought that whether I win big or lose big, it's going to make for great TV. It was 57,000 shares that I bought. Um, and I was like, it's the third day of the run-up, so not a great entry. But the story is explosive and should pick up momentum over the weekend. Uh, the CNET article, which I link. And, you know, they did do a financing at a dollar a share just two weeks ago. But I said, I'll be aggressive here. My goal is to make a dollar a share. Um, and that's, that's exactly what happened. The news did go viral over the weekend. And so we got a gap up. You know, I'm buying it at roughly $5 a share and selling it at $6.22. Uh, fantastic, fantastic, uh, you know, <laughs> trade. And, you know, the $70,000 paid for the entire yacht trip for me and my students. So this, by the way, is the man who I must thank. This is Blake Alexander. Um, he was a trading challenge student who was using an early version of stocks to trade. And he was the one who spotted it. I did not spot the news. Uh, Blake spotted the news uh, on the yacht. And he was like, hey, Tim, this, this news looks interesting. This chart looks interesting. Um, and so I was, I was in in the fives and I was out in the sixes. An hour later, it went to nearly eight. So I left another 150000 uh, roughly on the table. But that's okay. You know, I or a hundred thousand on the table. I still made seventy thousand. I don't mind taking the meat of the move. So Blake, I owe you. 
Yeah, so that was, uh, you know, that's a great, lot of things to talk about from this clip. Number one, that day on EKSO is, has turned into like the worst stock in the world. I always, it's on my hated stock list. But yeah, back then, you know, geez, five years ago, six years ago, whenever it was, you know, you had a great recipe there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the hand thing where I take things off. You know, you had a stock that had been uptrending. It was, it was pushing the high of the day. They had a Friday afternoon press release. That's, that's an old school technique because you love it because everybody reads the story. You know, it was in CNN or some big, big webpage, news webpage. You love it because everybody reads about it all weekend. Everybody gets excited about it. So that's why Sykes went in even bigger going into Friday because he knew everybody would read this news. It was quote unquote sexy news. EKSO is a low float stock. You get a low float stock with news closing on the high of the day into a Friday, man, they don't all work, but those are the kinds that gap up on Monday. And you sure enough, it gapped up to eight bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of lost focus halfway through because I was thinking, one, when will they be below deck three? Two, will I be on it? And three, who won Biapong? You must have played Biapong. Uh, we did the second time, actually. So I've been on uh, below deck twice, and it, it, was, you know, it was a neat experience. Um, obviously, beautiful yachts. I mean, all expense-paid trips. I, you know, I can't complain. Um, incredible food, but very different experiences. The first one... If you watch the first episode, um, I believe it's called Premature Accorculation is the episode <laughs> we're on. Yep, yep. So from like five years ago, I mean, it is – I will go on the record saying Below Deck might be the worst television show ever made. I watched it. Millions of people watch it. Millions of people yes. watch it. So yes. – um, but it was fun to say, kind of see how the sausage gets made. But they – the first episode, man, they just edited it to make Tim just like this evil monster. Um, and then the second, and you could tell they were doing it. The first time around, it kind of like had this weird feeling to it, where the second episode we just did a year ago, I think, was you could tell they kind of learned some lessons, and it was way more organic and fun. You know, it was like you could tell they weren't trying to like gotcha you know, like a gotcha moment. That's what they were trying to do the first time around. So, but like, but I, I don't, I don't think like, I think, I don't know if the world's got better or if television's got better, but like gotcha moments, they're not so big anymore. Like, well, like, okay, why, maybe. Why? Okay. no, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, what value would you get by showing someone look like a jackass? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point in it. And I'm thinking they uh, kind of uh, figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's Bravo, right? I mean, Bravo. It was a Bravo that it was on. Yeah. Bravo yes. was only good for the 10 o'clock stuff. Oh, okay. You know the 10 o'clock stuff? You're familiar with the 10 o'clock stuff? I don't 10, remember. 10, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't watch TV, Stephen. So. Okay. Well, 10, 10 and 11 o'clock, it gets pretty fucking interesting. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Some, some stuff goes on at 10 o'clock. Like, but uh, but they were they were both great experiences. You know, we went to the Caribbean both times. I mean, I have a very I, I actually need to tell my Claxton story on the uh, the the podcast sometime. It's about a thirty five minute story on what it took to get me into the British Virgin Islands. But um, I'll save it for another time. But always want to thank Tim. I mean, again, Tim and I have been fa uh, friends for years now. We're now business associates. 
Um, I mean, no, you kind of get some of the marketing with Tim that can get a little over the top, but man, he's a genuine guy. I mean, he loves, you know, taking care of his friends. I mean, you cannot pay for any food anywhere in the vicinity of Tim. I mean, he's a great guy, fun to hang out with. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a cool opportunity to, to go on both those trips and see him make that $70,000 trade, which he made with stocks to trade, which was pretty cool too. So. And just before I let you wrap it up and end it civilly, I can, uh, producer, can we just go back to the clip? Can we just go back to the photo, the original photo? I just want to check one thing before I let you go. I don't know if you know what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think you do. Don't, my, let's just go back. My, my uh, hair was a lot longer. Not bothered about your hair. I'm, I'm significantly bothered about one thing. I bet you you're wearing flip-flops. I bet you because on boards, on, 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 on boards, on boards you have to wear flip-flops. Nope. I was barefoot. Nope. <laughs> you have to Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A Ron, from New York City, and I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City.